The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Join 2014 Psychic of the Year Jennifer Schaefer as she hosts Your Spirit Hour every second Tuesday of the month right here on Shea Parker's Best of the Best. Jennifer has been tested and validated as a member of Best American Psychics, Best American Healers and Certified Psychic Society. She is certified by International Master Psychic Lisa Williams as an Advanced Psychic at Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development and is mentored by Hans King and Alfred Ricci for mediumship at Agape International Spiritual Center. Jennifer is the founder of PsychicAngels.net where she gives back to the community by working with law enforcement as a psychic profiler and investigator. Her cases have been profiled on Dr. Phil, and she was a reoccurring guest on the Ricky Lake Show. She can be reached at bestamericanpsychics.com and jennifershafer.com. That's jennifer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com. Now, here is our host, Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm, I am so excited about tonight's, like I am with most of my shows here. Um, I'm very excited about tonight's show, and I always want to give us a little brief update on the astrological forecast with someone who I absolutely adore. Her name is Kathy Bill. And Kathy, welcome. Give, tell us what the heck is going on and what Mercury's been doing and everything else inside and out if you can. Well, Mercury is one of three big influences that I want to draw people's attention to for this month. Mercury is the planet that rules uh, what goes in and out of our heads and mouths and also how we get around. And he's been in a condition called retrograde that officially ends tomorrow, but do not sing cheers Yay. and huzzahs. Oh. No, it's premature. <laughs> Mercury is traveling in a challenging aspect to Neptune, which is the planet of illusion. And Neptune is going, starting its annual retrograde the day after Mercury goes direct. So this is going to kind of kick up more clouds of fog. Just know that confusion, confused thinking, um, being certain that it's Saturday evening and parking right next to a meter that requires you to pay for it through 6 o'clock will get you a $65 parking ticket, she says. Uh, that's what happened to me because I was so spaced <laughs> out. So just no. spaced, spaced out. It's, so just know that until into next week, the uh-huh. Mercury retrograde precautions still apply Double check. Got it. Got Ask it. questions. Right. Yeah. Allow extra time if you're traveling. All those things. And just know that everyone's kind of walking around in a cloud of... It does feel like that. It does feel like a cloud at times. And you and I, I mean, I know it better than anybody else. You know, when we're working, when we're doing the work that we're doing, you know, and we're looking into things, it takes a lot for us to land for any oh, yeah. intuitive. We know the difference, though, of being out there versus grounded. And we know that we have to be grounded. And I recently had someone ask me, 
why is it you put all your jewelry back on before you go out go out, go go out you know because i when i work i take my jewelry off and when i go when i even leave this building i make sure that all the jewelry's on and it really is it really applies to me because i see myself walking across the street but at times if i'm not there to coherently understand that that's what scares the jibbies out of me that's that's there lies the fog it's not because of me being in napa all weekend which was a wonderful trip um but i mercury has had i mean tell me you've been incredibly busy kathy and i also want everyone to know where they can find you empowermentunlimited.net is my website i'm on facebook at empowerment unlimited and um i'm also a member of best american psychics Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You have been tested and validated, and you're an incredible astrologer. Everyone, please go to her website. She is amazing. She can help you through. It's like holding your hand. But don't think for one second that if she doesn't say something that you're not going to like, she's still going to say it. Right, Kathy? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she's not unfortunately she's yes gonna, she's not going to she's not going to coddle you she will stir things up so you can handle it the best way that you can okay but it's so worth it to get the, i mean she's incredibly accurate and you know there's so many things that we're given as divination tools and i believe your astrology is one of them and oh, I, I agree it's and it's truly, and you're great at it. So thank you, Kathy. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? Is there anything that's coming up soon for you? Oh, on uh, the 20th, which I think is a Saturday, I will be at the grand opening of a cute little news store in Milford, Pennsylvania called Enchanted. Enchanted. Okay. Yes. Some clients of mine great. are opening this. That's wonderful, and sweetheart. I, I, I'll just be standing there talking to people. Yep. Far East <laughs> Pennsylvania. Well, Pennsylvania. My husband's from, um, he's from this little town called Somerset, Pennsylvania, which is great. Um, little well, Pennsylvania well. has a lot of little, little neat, like n- niches, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Kathy. Again, I really appreciate you coming. You're on. very you welcome. Also, if some, Oh, can I ask you one other question, Kathy, before you leave? Can you explain uh, to oh, listeners sure. how to really, how to really like take, you know, to let them know how to handle the next week or what your advice would be for the next week? I know it varies from each person, but what would your advice be other than to make sure the meter is taken care of? Well, don't, um, just, just know that you're, going to misread things you're going to be sure you know what's going on you're going to be slightly spacier than normal so if you're having an important conversation repeat back what you think you heard and make sure it's what the other person thought they said and uh if you know hold off anything really really important like signing a major document launching something but allow yourself extra extra time to get places because you could be driving down the road and look up and realize that you've just gone 20 minutes in the wrong direction or that you missed the exit you (laughs) always take. We're all going to be just slightly somewhere else. But I will slip in here. The, the, The light at the end of the tunnel is at the end of the month right after the solstice between the 23rd 
and the 29th, we're going to have absolute energizing, motivating energy kicking off in each of us. That is like we're going to all finally get the jet pack that we were promised at the 1939 World's Fair. And uh, I've been been waiting for mine for years. We had a taste of it last March, a taste of it last March. October, but now we're finally able to move forward and move out of the tumult that we've been living in all year. I'm, well, you, well, you know my birthday's coming up, all right? That's why I was in Napa, <laughs> thanks to my girlfriend, Michelle, who <laughs> gave me that as a birthday. You know, we celebrated my birthday as, as well as some other, some other people, which was super, super fun. Um, Thank you, Kathy, so so much for that little insight. A lot of insight because I tell you what, it has been a little bit crazy out there. Um, again, how can they reach you? What's the best way to reach you? My website is empowermentunlimited.net, like safety net. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> Thank love you. you. Have a great show. Cannot, Bye. Cannot, cannot wait to see you. In New York, I <laughs> can't wait Yay. to see you there as well as, you know, Shea Parker, you're putting us all together for Best American Psychics. I'm just a guest host on this show. Um, and she has really, Shay has done so much, but we're all looking forward to, you know, going on this backward treat together. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to see you. It'll be great. I look forward to it. All right. Bye, Kathy. Okay. Bye. All right, and so for my next, my guest, okay, um, this person I personally know. Um, we've actually shared TV appearances together on different sides of it. Um, his name is Jack Rourke, and he is the author of the celebrated book, The Rational Psychic. It's called A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. He's been recognized, he's, he is recognized around the paramore paranormal community and he's appeared on the discovery networks destination america nbc fox the history and travel channels showtime and the bbc he has done so much work in this and he has such a great book that's out already i know that he's working on another one but i want to welcome jack jack thanks for being with me yes thank you you're very welcome thank you my pleasure to be here you know, it's really funny. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm already blanked out. Your first guest, Emily, was her name? Kathy Bill. Kathy Bill, when she mentioned and the meter, course. you laughed. <laughs> you laughed. <laughs> right? Kathy, was, yeah. What, what yeah, was that it's about? funny because I, it's funny. I was listening to her give her forecast and explain what was going on. And as I'm sitting here, I'm, I was kind of smiling to myself because I'm in the middle of some contract debacle and, and then reorganizing my business and we're creating a new website, et cetera. And over the last 10 days or so, just, you know, the contracts are overly, you know, complicated and, and the website and everything else is just absurdly ridiculous. And, you know, we just, I just basically were starting all over from everything. And I just thought, well, look, no, that makes sense because I don't follow astrology, you see, so. I thought that was entertaining. It was interesting to hear her appraisal. <laughs> I knew that she would help. Like, I can't, yeah. you know, when I know that I'm extremely busy with, you know, as as we all are, but in, when we have to stay above whatever's happening around us, 
And she has just given just yeah. an extra boost to anybody that needs just an extra like, hey, don't sign that. Don't work on it now. Just take some time off and get back at it at this time. She's so good. She's so great that way. Um, but I want to get, okay, so for you, like, I remember getting your book when I was, I don't know if I was on Ricky Lake at that time or I was a, uh, asked a question. I can't even remember because we were, both of us have been on there, you know, a couple times. But did you, yeah. um, your book, I absolutely loved. It was very, 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 you made what we did normal. Okay, to the paranormal world, to people that wanted to understand what it was like. And you went into detail about ESP. That's what the whole, like, and the statistics. You don't believe in just, like, the work. You believe in the things that back up the work. And that's where I absolutely adored you because you're also making this more of something that's tangible. You give the tools to your clients, just like I do, to get in touch with their own intuition, right? And well, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go. Oh, no. uh, what I was going to say was, yeah, by and large, it, it is, um, that is kind of how I work. Yes. My, my, my work with clients is very client centered. I'm not a, a performance based person. Uh, once upon a time when I was really young, when I first started doing this work, um, you know, I would have people sit in front of me. I wouldn't permit them to really ask questions or talk or anything like that. And I would just have them sit down in front of me. And then I would just turn it on and, and give them a litany of information that showed that the extrasensory perception is, in fact, real. Right. Know? And right. Right. At, the, at the time, you know, I felt like I was doing something that was really sort of worthwhile. Um, but what because I came from a background of working with academicians, you know, and they're about results and they're about, um, you know, qualifying and quantifying. Right. So, but over time, Jack, you know, I feel like 20 years. Yes. I'm yes. sorry. Were you, uh, your, your connection was going in and out. Sorry about that. I just wanted to, oh, okay. You... okay. Um, over time, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah over time. You know, over time, my work has become increasingly less about me. <laughs> we both to, have said that. You know, <laughs> we both yeah. said that. And, yeah, and it's become more more client-centered. And what I like to do is use my abilities as a point of focus but this, that allows to pull my clients into empty space, to pull them into the stillness of their own being, you know, and then help them acclimate themselves in that stillness. Because as as I'm sure, you know, people don't come to us when, you know, when they're feeling good oftentimes. Sometimes they do. (laughs) They just want to have fun or check in or whatever. But most folks, they come to see people like us when they're at a crossroads or feeling uncertain. And so, you know, from a spiritual perspective, uncertainty is a place of growth. And so what I found is by taking the spookiness out of what I do, I like to try to create a safe space within which my client can feel and process whatever it is they're doing, whatever it is that they're feeling, so that they can then open up to something that's more fundamental more honest 
and more raw and human than what they're currently identifying with, which may be the crisis at hand, right? Right, so right. It's not, it's not necessarily that I'm trying to get them in touch with their own intuition, per se. The right, I understand may, that. I um, get that. Right. The, the, your audience might not. The, the, what I'm trying, the intuition will come from right. a deeper connection with their felt sense of self. Right, and you're absolutely right. In the yeah. connotations that I yeah. said that, I, that was the yeah. end point. You are absolutely sure, right. You, have, sure, to, you sure. have to break that space open and say, hey, this is where we have to go first, which you have to, you kind of have to let go of everything that you, that you are holding on to in order for any right, growth right. at all. Right. And you and I, just, I remember right. when we both talked recently, when uh, we met, we were laughing at the fact like the more that we know, the less we know. And the more that we understand that statement, because it's so humbling to be to, to witness so many people opening up the way that you have with your clients and how much care is involved with that. And you are so great yeah. at really getting in there and saying, hey, what about this? What about that? And giving right. facts and going like it's stuff that like the stuff that you get is crazy. When we were on Susan Pinsky's, when we were on Susan Pinsky's calling out, by the way, everybody should look up calling out with Susan Pinsky. Mm -hmm. You brought up stuff that, you know, would make other people uncomfortable, but it was true. Like the way that you presented it, though, was very, very sweet and very it was nice but you just you opened up a moment for several of the you know one of the two callers that was very mm -hmm. profound, very for, very profound for me to witness. By the way, I just wanted to let you know that oh. I don't know if you ever even thought about it. But. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I of course I respect you a great deal, and I, I appreciate your um, your your I appreciate your appreciation because you know it's those it's those subtle moments that often pass by and. Most in the room missed what I did, and, and you were one of the few that were genuinely paying attention because you you come from a heartfelt place also, and and it was interesting because that day as I was as I was sitting there doing the work with you, you know I don't know if you recall, but the one there was one person who had called up about a suspicious death, right? Right. Yes. And as, yes. As, as I was linking into the information, I shared not only who was actually there, right. what actually happened, how the death occurred, but then I explained where they went that night and how the night unfolded. <laughs> right. and, if you rem and if you remember, the client began to talk along and say, oh, my God, that's right, because X, Y, and Z. And, oh, that's right, they were at the market, at the right. liquor market, because right. the police pulled the surveillance tape, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? right? And when you present information in a conversational style, like the way that you and I work, right. sometimes people, they, they, there's no fanfare. There's just no. two friends <laughs> talking, the client and the psychic, and we, and we are actually becoming the, vo the, the vocal, the, the voice box for the, for the grief and the unspoken um, information and the unspoken feelings that exist in the stillness of the space around us. And when you, if you're not paying attention, you don't realize that all the information being supplied is coming from an extrasensory source. And you were the only one to go, wait a minute, she has the, they have a videotape of this? How did you know that? You know? Right. So Jack, Jack we're losing you a little bit. Sorry. Yes. 
So Sorry, all that information just... passed, and and then it was never actually even brought to air. Oh my gosh! You know, right? But uh, but that's okay. You know, the important thing is that maybe you and I became friends or or whatever. But um, the work is for people; it's not for the reader. So. Right, right. That's, and that's, that's the, really what I was trying to get across in, in right. The Rational Psychic and, in many regards. And your stories were very in-depth. Would you, I know this is, I, I always want uh, insight on the way that, that people get involved in this kind of work. We kind of get thrown it, you know, and it usually happens yeah. pretty, with a pretty big ordeal. And I mm. know this, that it happened with you with a near-death experience as well as something with your sister. Um, would you like to explain kind of how you got kicked into this line of words? Like, sure, sure. <laughs> well, you know, the, the near-death experience was with my sister. Uh, it was called an empathetic near-death experience, and I had a twin sister up until I was 14. I mean, technically, I still do, right? But she's dead. And what happened was, very briefly, is at the moment of her passing, I was unaware of that she was ill, really, or that she had even died. And as I was, I was alone in my bedroom as a, as a boy, and I was sort of napping, and literally, um, it, I, it was as if the air in the space to my left kind of cracked open, and I, I saw this being, and... It lifted wow. its it it uh, extended its hand to me, and I sort of I remember very vividly I was laying on my back, and if you, if you were to sit up in bed, you know, you would right. you would naturally sort of pull your feet towards you to sort of give you the momentum or to you know take the strain off your back, and I this thing extended its hand to me, and I sat up, and as I sat up, I noticed I felt nothing, and I noticed that my my awareness was moving toward my, my feet and my feet weren't pulling toward me. So I sort of sat up in my bed there, sort of out of my body as it was. And he said, don't be afraid. And then I thought, okay. And he said, your sister's dead. And it, it struck me so, so hard. Right. That right. It, sort of it sort of stunned me, but yet I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel shocked. I just felt this, awareness of okay this information right and then he right, said look right. and then i i saw my sister right so mm. it was sometime afterwards that i found out yeah she had in fact died but there was a variety of things that happened throughout you know my early childhood into my 20s and a lot of it had of course that's the first thing that i point to the issue with my sister of actually being able to discern information that was objectively verifiable how did that happen how, how is that possible that something like that could, that something like an ordinary person like me could have that experience, right? And right, so right. moving forward several years, you know, I had lots of strange experiences and, you know, kind of knowing information and being able to, you know, being in conversation with people and having these things sort of come out of me and how would I be able to know this about you or what happened the day before right. or what have you. And it caused problems. You know, what you'll find is a lot of folks, <laughs> right, yeah, right. a lot of people who, who do this kind of work, they think this is normal. And it's not normal. It's, it's an issue of um, not respecting boundaries. Right. Uh, and boundaries. What's that? 
I'm sorry, boundaries are a big issue, which I loved about you. You're like, you were, but that meant so much to me because our friendship has evolved and a boundary thing was a big deal. And, but you knew that I would respect that and you know, when people respect that, right? But we, we have to remind ourselves, yeah, what we do for work apparently is not normal. It's our, it's our normal. It's our new normal. Mm -hmm but it's not normal to the rest of the world. And we have to really, instead of go for the shock value, we have to get inside and bring it out through like, like, you know, with what you did with your book, you made so many interesting points all along the way. And I cannot wait, wait, wait for this. (laughs) Is it going to be a sequel or what is the book? The, the new book is, uh, the working title is, uh, beyond the psychic. A rational guide to extraordinary being. Okay. And what? Yeah. What it is is actually looking at what does it mean to be psychic and going beyond that. That there are actually uh, in the course of developing as a spiritual human being, that being psychic is not the pinnacle. And no. A lot of people seem no, to think no, that, no, that, no. that it is. It's. I feel. And it. Yeah. Sorry. I felt that it was actually the starting point <laughs> to mm. getting spiritual. Do you know what I mean? Like, for, I many people, for, for, many, for many people, it can be a starting point. But for even, for even many more people, and being psychic is actually akin to starting less than zero. Right. You have to forget it's everything starting, that you it's know. starting less than zero because their extrasensory ability is coming from a fragment, emotionally fragmented place. And mm-hmm. they're so um, disconnected from, the, from their heart and from the very fabric of their being that they're living outside their body, high in their mental space. And so many people who were intrigued by paranormal and psychic work they believe that climbing outside the body or getting someplace, some other paranormal realm is akin to uh, personal development or spiritual development or in even some way kind of becoming more godly. And nothing could become would be more further, further from, than the right, truth. Further from the truth, because yes. You're, because you're, your physical being is a spirit, it is a materialization of your consciousness. And the more in harmony you are with your physical being, the more embodied you are, the more in touch you are with your felt experience, the more, the more you're capable of actually working with the tools and the aspects of yourself that are required to develop in order to evolve. Right. right? Right, so it's absolutely. not about climbing outside of your body into paranormal experiences or psychic extrasensory perception, but actually being with yourself, who you are, as you are, and living yeah. that. You know, and Jack, that is so, okay, first of all, it, when people, and I just want to give you my little perception on how it's called, like the secret, for instance. I call that spiritual infancy. Yeah. In fact, I quoted that from Michael Beckwith, who I love at Agape International Spiritual Center in Culver City. Um, he said it was spiritual infancy. It got people to think, right? It got people to spiritual, think outside. Infancy. infancy. Spiritual okay. infancy. Okay? Because you can't just go into this work saying, I want a parking spot. Show me. <laughs> 
you have to understand the mechanics yeah. behind it. Do you know what I'm saying? So when I when I yeah. when I hear us in this world and how our biggest job, like I know mine is, is to feel things because I cut myself off with the cases that I work on. I have a you know my challenge is balancing my work in my life, and I think that goes for everybody. But for you and I, when we are doing our work, it's very. It is very challenging for us to be vulnerable. We're the ones that have to be the tough guys at times, right? And I'm circling, I'm circling back to this spiritual aspect of it. I think a lot of people that are in, interested in the paranormal have all had experiences, but they're very excited and they don't. They want to just jump into that that psychic world, but they don't understand. Okay, you jump into that, but you need to know like twenty thousand other languages to understand it. To really com- comprehend it, to understand that you really, like, our main job is to be here and to love and to live. We work with the other, you know, we work with our, our however you want to categorize it, Jack. Um, we work with the ethers. I'll just call it the ethers. Um, but we really, in order for us to be in a good place, we have to be immensely in our bodies. Correct? Does that make yeah. sense to you? Yes, yes. The getting involved with a lot of paranormal activities and things for many people is, is a form of escapism. It's a way of adopting a persona that actually prevents them from feeling what's actually going on inside them. It's a way of taking and taking unknown things and creating a relationship with these things that then enables one to develop a persona that is something better than or imagined better than or something different than who they actually are, right? Right, and, right. Uh, and, and, and all of that is a way of protecting oneself. And, you know, that's why you'll find, you know, many sensitive people who go by these different monikers or, you know, wear exotic dress or you know, conduct themselves in strange ways. It's just, it's a way of avoiding just being who they really are. Hmm. You know? Do you think it's another gateway? Do you think that um, that could possibly just be another gateway? I know that you're the gateway to a lot of your clients, that you give, you know, facts to back up whatever, to back up whatever situations that they're in. Which is that, which you called it, it was so brilliantly said by you, actually, where you called it the silent, was it the silence? Was it the, uh, it was, it was in the center where you bring your, where you bring your clients into this space where they have to like, they have to understand what it is that, and that was your gateway, correct? If I'm reading that right? Uh, I'm not clear what you're, what you're mean by gateway. Okay, so for them to pop into their own intuition, for them to, like, we talked about how, how I said, like, we give the tools for their own intuition, but you get down to the, the, the you get down to the reason why they're where they're at, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so your gate, your, the way you work with your clients is you bring them, bring them into this sacred space to learn from, right? Right. And that's the brilliance of your work. That's what I see as brilliance, just so you know. Thank you. Because 
you meet, you take them into the space that's uncomfortable that they might not even realize is going even on, that's going on. Just like that case when we were talking to that client that never aired, when the client came back saying, well, yeah, I was at the liquor store and like all that other stuff, right? Yeah. You give them yeah. facts and then you take them into that space where they have to think about it and adjust and to, and to be part of, like, be part of this process. You take them with you indirectly. Well, right, be, right, because what what I think one is one of the valuable assets of of this work is to we allow ourselves to be used as tools for our clients. Meaning that I feel like we can point the way toward a a feeling space, um, okay, and we can right. use the information that that we glean onto as signposts to sort of direct these people into a a more accurate experience, a more honest experience of, of, of their underlying needs. You know, for instance, you know, I'm sure you can come across this where clients, they, they believe they're calling about a particular reason, but underneath you can feel that they just want to feel heard or they just want to feel like they're accepted, right, right. you know, and, and the complaint right. is, oh, my partner is a bastard or my partner is, he doesn't love me or <laughs> she, she's mean to me, you know. And it has nothing right. to do about the behavior that's going on. It has to do with their feeling sad because they don't feel seen or they don't feel appreciated. Right. And so we give the information that helps them see that, yes, we do understand and that we see that what's going on. And then slowly, once once we've established the playing field, that, yes, we, we are on your side and we understand what's going on, then we can sort of help them get in touch with perhaps what what's what's really going on in it, which is an unfulfilled emotional need, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we also believe, like, for instance, I believe in, you know, when I have clients that are grieving, I make sure that they're handled by the right professionals. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I always make sure that because we're not their managers, we 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 yeah. help them through things, but we're not the ones they need people. So I firmly believe in therapists, you know, psychiatrists, doctors. I believe in that world that helps us in conjunction and eventually, like slowly but surely, like for instance, Dr. Denise McDermott, who shares, you know, I share an office with. We believe that we can help people better quicker together than apart. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she really has, I mean, with all the study of her medicine, she has been amazing at being able to, to open those channels. And that's, that's mm-hmm. quite advanced in her, in her line of work. Um, that being said, yeah. um, I, and I do want to bring this back to, and I know that like you and I both get like both do a, deal with a lot of cases or deal with a lot of, um, work involving missing persons or crime or, I mean, I haven't, I don't know if I've asked you directly, but do you, I mean, I know that you're known for that. I know that I'm known for that. It's, it, and it has to do with a lot. In fact, I think that's how I looked you up was because you were the, you were the person that everybody went to for this line of work when trying to help solve cases. And I want to bring that into another, another, another area which is remote viewing or which is that you know which you and I have talked about with the Institute of Sensory Perception which you and I have talked about how um how you've worked a little bit can you can and I don't know if the, if if you think 
Ah, okay, give me a second. <laughs> like, let me actually look at this. Um, when you talk about ESP, I know there's listeners that want to know, um, do you have, do, what do you look at ESP in connection with remote viewing? Or are they, are they even, even compatible or are they even intercepted? What, what is it, what could be your explanation with that? So you're asking me, do, you, do I think, what do I, how do I explain the connection or is there a connection to remote viewing and ESP? Yes, yes. I okay. Mind you, I know so, the answer, but I'm talking about our listeners. <laughs> remote, remote viewing is just, uh, it is extrasensory perception. It's a, it's a technique. Um, that's, and you're, that's really... You're, that's, you're very good at that. You're great at that, right? Well, you know, I'm not going to say whether I'm whether I'm good or great, I know, but what I can good. say is that yeah, is that remote viewing remote remote viewing is is a is a a a way of it's a technical method, right? And right, absolutely. And so. That's that's where I can leave it at that. So I can't say that I'm okay. that I'm, you know, good or bad or remote viewing. It, that's just a method, because typically the remote viewing like results that I would get in in the past, as far as you know, being able to tune in and you know talk about a location that I've never seen or never been to or anything like that. That's just clairvoyance. So I think that. Right that the, the technical aspects of remote viewing is really just, it, the whole thing is about getting, dislodging awareness from the analytical mind, you know, so that people That's can access brilliant, brilliant, the, brilliant the, underlying, the underlying information. And so, you know, for, but for people who are like us, who are, are naturally more sensitive, you know, we don't necessarily need these techniques because we can do it on our own, but that doesn't mean that learning those techniques actually can't enhance our innate ability, right? Right, 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 right. And one of the things I wanted to yeah. talk to you about, I remember a story that you gave me about gambling, <laughs> right? And someone came to you, you don't have to oh. say who it was or whatever, and you told, can you share that story for, can you share that story? Sure, Do you sure. Remember? I was, uh, yeah, a few years ago, um, I was interviewed by a Austrian filmmaker for a documentary about um, psychokinesis and, and extrasensory perception. And he and okay. I became pretty fast friends. Yeah, he lived he lived relatively close to me. We used to hang out and have dinner. He and his girlfriend and I and some friends. And one one day we were at um, I was at his house for a big dinner party. It's kind of your quintessential Hollywood kind of dinner party with everyone at the table with someone in the industry. And we were really just having a nice time. And, you know, we were talking, he and I started talking about, you know, has anyone ever used remote viewing to make money? Because, in fact, it has been done. You know, Russell Tark used it to predict the silver market with his with some people right, in the early right. 80s. And, and then there was, you know, some other people that have done similar things, right? So... A couple of days later, this friend of mine was in Las Vegas uh, shooting some footage um, of a, with a 
really well-known astrologer happens to live there. Nothing to do with gambling. But he, okay. he did send me a text message, and he said, you know, we're all done for the day. We're all on our way to the casino. And he, any, um, you know, any, what do you say? Any, any hints, ha, 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 like he was trying to tease me, like, you know. And for whatever reason, when I got the text message, I was driving in the car, and he has this really biting sense of humor that kind of irritates me. And irritated me <laughs> just in the right way that I normally, that's something right. wouldn't bother me, but we were kind of right. new friends. And I don't like, my work is serious. And I don't like people to mock right. me. So I it, know kind that. Of, it inspired I know that. this, it inspired this kind of a little bit of a, you know what, I'm going to show you. And I pulled over and I got, because as soon as I read the text message, I had an emotional response and I had, I had a flash vision. And I pulled over and I, I sent him a note and I said, hey, when you go into the casino, go to go past these landmarkers, go past one, two, three tables, make a left, go to the second table, take the chair next to the woman wearing this. This is what's going to happen. A long text message, by the way. I explained what was <laughs> going to happen at the table and then and then to bet twenty eight. Now that's assuming that he was going to yeah. play roulette. I didn't even tell him roulette. I just told him what table and said play 28 and you know a half an hour later he called me back and he said how did you do that and i said what <laughs> and he goes that was he goes that was amazing and i right, said well how much money right. did you how much money he goes well 28 came on the first roll i said well, i told you it would and he said well i said how much money did you did you make he goes 35 dollars and i said you only bet a dollar i'm famous <laughs> what's wrong with you and so we kind of we kind of <laughs> had a laugh about it and then, right. to, then later on, he was attending a remote viewing conference in Vegas, and he tried to use that himself, and he bet twenty dollars right. and lost. But you know, the point I, I think the I think the takeaway <laughs> from this story is is that is that as as people that do this work, we have to be very mindful of our motivation, right. and it's it. And, and how we emotionally respond in the moment, because we have to remember that by and large, people who are naturally sensitive, that gift, or, you know, I lose that, use that term loosely, but the ability comes from a, from a place of wounding. And it is, okay. it is wow. that need to predict and control the environment where that natural extrasensory ability comes from. So when he, he kind of put his foot on a nerve with me and it triggered this fight or flight response. Like for me, I felt right. like I had to protect myself. So I protected myself by putting him in his place, by proving him, look, this is what, this is what can be done. Now leave me alone. Right. You know? So it's not about, right. can we make money or, or isn't that amazing? It really is. It sort of really shows that where, how this stuff really works. Right. And you'll, and you'll notice right. the people who, who are kind of novices in this field, they're always on. They're always, always on. They're always, they're always receiving information. They're always tuning in. They're always, you know, that's not how it works. Right. A mature psychic tunes in, turns it off, and turns on their day. Right, right. And we, yeah. we both have, like... And I've, you know, I have someone I'm very good friends with who wrote, you know, who's done this, you know, a couple books and a movie. Uh, his name's Richard Martini. 
and he is he actually does remote viewing. He studied, um, you know, people from the Morton Institute for past life regressions, and he just believes there's more to this. But he's the biggest skeptic, just like we all are <laughs> in this. Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, okay, we were joking around. He goes, okay, give me the lottery numbers. And I gave him the numbers that came up. He went and played them, and guess yeah. what? He won. He won a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and it was it was I a great it. experience. He won one dollar. And it's one of my favorite stories because yeah, I gave him the numbers that yeah. won, but that's all that it was, you know? And it was just you know, but it goes back to our integrity. It goes back to the people that actually understand this work and really, 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 you know, I have to under, you know, we also have to understand the ones that are getting into this they get so excited they don't want to ever be in their bodies it and that's but that is the worst place to be because you're 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 collecting all this energetic trash you're not Mm -hmm. you have to really hone in like with what you've done as a practice you do it as a ritual which says a lot about you and your work and why people why you have probably from what I understand, you have the most reoccurring clients because of the way that you do, the way that you operate. And it does take you to a whole different level. And you have so many great, like so many great stories. And I, and I do, I appreciate with what I saw, because you and I tested each other out in a way of how, what are our motives, right? And when I saw the way that you worded things and the way that you walked these people through uh, you know, we're at Susan Pinsky's uh, calling out. It meant a lot to me because you really were this. You walked the walk, and it. Oh, and that's and you. And I'm not just saying that because you're okay, guys. Everybody, all the viewers out there, he's hot. But I'm not just saying that because he's hot. He actually, <laughs> he's actually <laughs> walks the walk. I'm not just saying that. He does. He knows so much. He's just like a you. You have so much knowledge, and the stuff that we were talking about over, you know, over lunch was fascinating to me. I mean, we could take this into so many different areas and dimensions, yeah. and it yeah. really is. It really becomes limitless. But the ones that stay in this the longest, that don't get burnout, and this is something Lisa Williams actually said a very long time ago. She goes. You cannot work that that way. You cannot work those many hours because you will get burnt out. You have to stay above whatever's coming to you. And like you said, there's certain things that come to us. It's not always because they're happy. You know, they come and check up with yeah. us because they're happy. But it's a lot of time because they're in dire, you know, there's a lot of things that happen, especially now, you know. Yeah. Um, is there anything, okay, so I want all my listeners to know that I'm listening, I, you are, you are listening to your spirit hour on Shea Parker's best of the best with Jack Rourke. And I want everybody to know how they can get a hold of you. How can they book a reading with you? What's the best way, sweetheart? <laughs> all right, well, here's, they can't get a hold of me, <laughs> but they can, um, <laughs> they can, they, they can go to uh, Um We're in the middle of rebranding, but there's a website still there. And if should someone want to reach out, um, I do have an associate who who actually does all my booking, all my scheduling, all my emailing. I don't personally correspond through the social media or through um, or 
through the website, and that's something that I've that I've had to do over the years. But if um, they can definitely go to the website, they can definitely send an email, and uh, my associate will respond, and she does all my bookkeeping for me. And uh, and so that's it. So www.jackrourke.net. And within within probably a month or so, um, the new website will be called uh, ElitePsychicSolutions.com, and uh, and there you go. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Oh wow, Elite Psychic Solutions! I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, yeah. I look forward. I really, really. Um, I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about, but the Institute of Sensory Perception. I really look forward to having you come on board and I know that there's I know that you you are incredibly brilliant with your work I know that you have you have helped so many people and the techniques that we use through remote viewing repackaging remote viewing and like I know that my work when it comes to my cases I I mean uh, the case manager the, both case managers uh Michelle Adams and same with, with Tony, um, it, Tony Egram, they're so info. It's a full-time job for these, for these guys. And it's, it is to the point where yeah. we're looking at cases because this is our pro bono work that we're looking at cases going, okay, is this person still alive? Which one has precedence? And that's what's, that has what, you know, has really hurt me because you and I both want to help everybody and we don't, you sure. know, it is very challenging um, yeah. not to, you know what I mean? And I, and I, I well, work, go ahead. I was going to say, we, we, you have to, you have to have boundaries and just right. to, to kind of revisit, revisit your point a couple of minutes ago about burnout and things like that for readers at home or, or fledgling psychics or even professionals who are, are looking to how to sort of maintain the thing is, is that you have to understand that if you're experiencing burnout, there's two things. One is you're not filling your cup. You don't, you're not have, you don't have the appropriate social life. You're not having the appropriate sex life. You're not getting your personal needs met. So no, it's seriously, you know, how you need to socialize. No, I, to- I totally, I you need, totally you, get you it. You need to socialize, right? So you need those right. things. So you have to create a space for you to meet your own personal needs. And the second thing is, is when you're working, this is something that's really, really important. So hear this, is that the, you are just a vessel. Right. So you, right. you cannot be personally depleted if you are, if right. you are not drawing upon your personal resources. You open yourself up, you ground yourself, and then you allow yourself to be a conduit. And then through that, operating as an, an instrument, whether you want to call it an instrument of divinity or an instrument of perception or something like right. this, is you're just a conduit for the work. And then when the right. work is over, Absolutely. like a valve, you turn it off and you go out and you go, go back and you live your normal life so that way while you're working, you're not depleted. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Well, okay. Going back to your normal life has a whole different meaning, but yes. But normal, yes, normal I, is totally subjective. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's great though. Like yeah. I wouldn't rather, like, even if like, I love working, I didn't work for, you know, from Friday till yesterday, kind of, I 
-hmm. still did work in Napa. I found somebody's, you know, ring, you know, piece. Like there were certain things that did happen in Napa that, you know, just happens. But um, Uh getting back today, I love to work. I love everything about what we do. And it's, it is exciting, but I also understand we have to, the, like when I tell people, I'm like, you have to treat yourself as an Olympic athlete when you're doing this work in your line of work, because if you, you, if you don't, you, you are taking, like we have to, we are handling indirectly. Like when I said that they should have, you know, we don't manage people. We help them, and they have people that manage yep. them. But we are also dealing with lives. Like we're dealing with crisis every, you know, crisis when it comes to cases or anything else, daily. And we have to be mm-hmm. able to come home and still say, okay, all right, let's have some fun, or let's cook dinner. Okay, that won't, I would never probably say that, but let's <laughs> let's figure it out. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you do you do have to treat yourself like, you know, an athlete or care for yourself like you what one would care for themselves as a performing artist. You know, you have to yes. stay mental, mentally fit, emotionally fit, physically fit. You know, you'll find that a lot of people that do this work, they develop stress-related illnesses, you know, and right. it's because their, their nervous systems become overwhelmed you know, they develop digestive right. disorders, they develop fibromyalgia, they're sedentary, right. you know, there's, you know, high, you know, even in going even to sort of the modern ancient times with the mediums out of England in the 50s and, right. and 30s, 40s and 50s, they, many of them were alcoholics, you know, they were, they were heavy smokers and, and they rationalized them. I say, oh, this grounds me in my, in my body. Bullshit. That's a way of abusing yourself, right. and it's a way of avoiding right. what you're actually feeling. You know, let's right. not let's not pretend hey. anything else. So, you know, I'm up right. every morning at six o'clock, and I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> you know, then I'm right. working out. I so also I'm, do martial I'm arts. Good. You know, right? Yeah. So we all have, a, and I do the same thing. You know, I'm so sorry. We went past time. I want to thank you so much, Jack. I'm so grateful for you. Um, again, how can they find you? Can you tell them? Uh, www.jackrourke.net. All right. Jack, we have a continued conversation for later, for sure. Thank you so, so much for being on this show. I really appreciate you and your work. Thank you, Jennifer. You are a love, and I am always enjoy spending time with you. Bye, honey. Thank you for spending the past hour with psychic medium Jennifer Schaefer, your translator of spirit. Join Jennifer the second Tuesday of every month right here on Shea Parker's Best of the Best as Jennifer brings you your spirit hour. Find Jennifer at jennifershafer.com. That's jennifer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com. And also at bestamericanpsychics.com where Jennifer earned the prestigious 2014 Psychic of the Year Award. Jennifer thanks all her listeners and encourages you to remember love.